Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, and welcome back to another Porsche Cooled podcast. Uh, my name is Michael Bath. Uh, this podcast is an extension of my YouTube channel. Uh, my YouTube channel is under my name, which is Michael Bath. Uh, I talk about Porsche. I talk about tech, and I talk about watches as well sometimes. But this one is about Porsche, and more importantly, uh, how I store my my Porsche when I'm overseas. Uh, I'm away for long periods of time. Those of you who watch my channel will be aware of that. Uh, what I go through, what process I go through, and what's happened this time since I've been away for six months, and I've come back, and uh, I just go through my storage procedure, and then uh, I went and had a service done here in Sydney, Australia, uh, and also got a uh, Porsche OEM 997 uh, short shifter kit. Uh, the short shifter kit is uh, a kit which is replaces your shift unit and gives you, uh, I guess, a more mechanical feel. It should give you a more mechanical feeler and a shorter throw. Okay, so to start off with the storage side of it, uh, any of you guys who have stored your cars over winter um, will probably be aware of a few of these things. Uh, the main thing is, is that you have to be concerned about, okay, I guess the first thing is dust. Uh, my car is stored in an underground car park, um, but the dust is, you know, dust is a major concern because dust in the air and the contaminants in the air, uh, the petrol fumes from other cars coming by. So it's always good to put a car cover on your car. The car cover that I have for my uh, 2006 Porsche 911 is the OEM Porsche indoor car cover. Uh, lots of stores sell these. Uh, I tend to buy a lot of things from Suncoast. I was lucky enough that when I purchased the car in 2017, that the indoor car cover uh, came with the car. Um, since then, I have actually purchased an outdoor car cover. Uh, that was simply purchased because I was traveling a year ago and uh, up to the coast, uh, north coast here in Australia uh, to my family, and I had to park the car outside, and I was a little bit, I guess, fresh with the car and just didn't want it to leave it outside with uh, bird droppings or trees or, or sap and things being on a coastal area. Um, in saying that, I never actually use the outdoor car cover. It's still sitting in my car. I purchased that from Suncoast. In fact, I've never taken it out. Um, I do hear it's a good cover and I do hear that it's, uh, you know, it's a good car cover, but um, I haven't actually used it. But the indoor cover is uh, very, very good. Mine's getting a little bit old. I think the uh, previous owner must have had it since new. It's starting to fray a little bit. It's still okay and it'll still work for the next couple of years. Um, the cover, when I come back uh, when I come back home, I literally just take the cover off very carefully because it has a lot of dirt on the outside. And then I just bring it up and I just wash it. It's actually very, very easy to maintain. So that's the car cover. So that's one process that I go through. The other thing is before I put the car under the car cover is I ensure the car is really, really clean. Uh, so I give the car a good wash. Um, I tend to, then I can, then I give the car a good wax. Uh, sometimes I'll wax it one day and then I'll wax it again. Um, so I get a couple of layers of wax on there. So um, just to protect the car from the contaminants in the air, uh, to stop any kind of scratches that may happen. Not that the car cover is going to blow around or anything or, you know, cause scratches. It's not parked outside. There's not really any breeze in the underground car park where my car is stored. Uh, but I just, just take precautions. Um, 
So the car is well waxed. I do tend to put a slight layer of wax on the wheels as well, but I always just do that intermittently just because uh, it does actually protect the finish of the wheels. Those of you who know my car know my wheels are a custom uh, lobster claw wheel, the Carrera S wheels, uh, painted in the GT4 color, OB4 I think it's called. Um, but I always wax the wheels as well. I give the car basically a very good detail before, um, before I go away. The interior, I always clean the leather. Uh, I nourish the leather, um, vacuum the car so the car is quite immaculate. Once the car is all clean, I ensure that the water and the brakes have been dried properly. The worst thing that can happen is when you come back from being away and um, your brakes are stuck to your rotors. Um, so you've got to make sure your brakes are dry before you put the car in storage. Once everything's clean, then I will uh, work on the tires. So with the tires, I don't park on any kind of uh, gym mat or carpet or um, tire. I forget what they're called, the things you roll onto, the tire, tire stays, I guess, are they? I don't even know what they're called. Um, I did look at buying them. I don't buy them. I was advised um, by Auto House in Hamilton here that the best thing to do is just pump your tires up to max, um, which I think is 50 PSI on my uh, PS2 Pilot Sport 2s, uh, which are on my car. So I pump them up to max, uh, which is 50 PSI front and back, and then uh, park the car in, in the garage. Uh, when the car is parked in the garage, I ensure that I then put the trickle charger on, uh, I have the, I don't have the Porsche branded trickle charger, I have the SeaTech trickle charger. You'll find that a lot of people who own Porsches don't necessarily buy the Porsche charger. The SeaTech charger is pretty much exactly the same except it doesn't have the Porsche branding. These can be found, you know, on sale on Amazon and things like that and they're a little bit cheaper than the Porsche one. Even though it is very nice to see the Porsche uh, logo on your trickle charger, this one just says SeaTech. Um, I've used that over the past couple of years on and off. And it's worked, uh, it's worked really well. So it goes on the trickle charger, um, and it's left on the trickle charger depending on how long I'll be away, how long I'm away. So if I'm away for two months, four months, six months, the last time I was away for six months, everything is okay. So then the car is basically put to rest, put to sleep, um, and that's pretty much all I do. Oh, the other thing that you have to ensure is that your fuel tank is uh, full of petrol. Um, I'm not sure of the technical reason behind it. I think it's to do with air getting into the tank or something like that, but it should be a full tank of fuel. Of course, the problem you have with the full tank of fuel is that when you come back from your uh, time away, when you're storing your car, is that with me, you have to make sure you, I always like to make sure that I get rid of that, uh, that tank of fuel very, very quickly. Um, I guess it's not too stale after six months, but you know, it's best, I think, just to, to just to rev out that fuel and get rid of it. Good reason to go for a drive actually, good reason to get out there and uh, get the liquids, get the fluids going in your car a little bit more. Uh, I just wanna say that too, when I actually come back and I reverse the procedure, as in put the, the, the air back to the tires to the normal, which I run 34 and 40, 34 on the front, 40 on the back, PSI I'm talking, uh, take the cover off. I try to give the car a wash, even though it's not necessarily dirty, I try to give it a rinse at least and a wash off. Um, it's hard in Sydney at the moment because there's uh, water restrictions, so you can't actually use a hose. Uh, if you could use a hose, it'd be a lot easier, but I do actually give the car a good wash um, just to get rid of that any type of contaminants that would be on the car. 
Soon after I've washed the car, actually, and not necessarily straight away as I give the car a wax. Um, I did do that actually last night. I, I hadn't actually, this time around I say that, and I hadn't actually washed my car because I got caught up doing other things. So yesterday, a couple of days after I got back, uh, I gave the car a wash with the bucket, of course, no hose. Uh, and then I um, waxed the car. And I gave it a good wax, so now at the uh, paint. So I'll give it another couple of waxes while I'm here. Um, I'm only here for one month, and then the car will be stored again. So when I get the car, when I return to Sydney and I take the car out for the first drive, I'm very careful not to over-rev the car, make sure the car warms up properly. In fact, I really don't push the car too much uh, until I've driven a reasonable distance, even though all the temps are up, the oil temperature is up, the coolant temperature is up. I tend not to um, thrash it or over-rev it or, you know, put my pedal to the metal, so to speak. So I wait for a little while, I do a little bit of distance, and then I just gradually get into um, uh, revving the car out. Um, that may not be, there may not be any uh, good reason for that, but in my head it makes me, um, it makes me feel better. So that's basically the storage procedure. Um, it's not too difficult. I haven't had, I know people are going to say, what about flat spots? I haven't had any issues with flat spots. Um, I think modern tires, and I think I was reading somewhere that someone said that modern tires, the memory on modern tires, after a few drives, it, it goes back anyway if you do get a slight flat spot. I know the ideal storage situation is you should roll your car forward every couple of weeks. Some people say to start it. Some people say not the, to start it while it's just idling is not good. If you're going to drive it, you should take it out for a drive, not just idle the car. I'm not sure which one is correct. Um, but anyway, like I said, my car has not moved. Uh, it is sitting there for the whole time, and I haven't had any issues with flat spots. Um, so that's why I don't put it on any, any type of tire, blankets or tire pads or anything like that. I just literally pump it up to the 50 PSI, to the maximum PSI. Um, to do that, I have a Michelin um, tire compressor. Uh, the tire compressor, actually, when I read about it, it got mixed reviews. Some people said it didn't last very long. Touch wood, it's worked very well for me, this compressor. It's a Michelin one I bought from the UK. Um, you put in the, the amount of PSI or, or, or whatever you need, and it just fills it up. Um, so it, it actually works really well. It's only a small one. It's quite a small portable unit. So that's pretty much it with the storage side of uh, the storage side of the 911, of the 997. Um, this time, because I've been away for a six-month period, I thought it was best to get the service done, the annual service done straight away. So I literally had that done the day after I arrived back from London uh, at a place called Auto House Hamilton here in Sydney. Uh, it was due for the major service. Uh, those of you who own a 911 or a Porsche will realize that a major service is not cheap. Uh, in Australia, the major service uh, at Auto House Hamilton, which is an independent, if you go to a Porsche dealer, it's much more expensive, uh, is about 2100 Australian dollars. Uh, in comparison, a service at the Porsche dealer is about 1952000 but it doesn't include consumables, so it doesn't include your spark plugs, it doesn't include those things, so they're all added on. Uh, the labor rate at Porsche main dealers, the reason why it, uh, it is always a lot more expensive to get it done at Porsche main dealers is one is the labor rate at Porsche main dealers is a lot more, a lot higher than independents. So anyway, I continue going to an independent, 
Um, I guess if you have a new 911, you would go to the dealer due to your warranty and things like that. But I go to uh, Auto House Hamilton, who's a, a Porsche specialist here in Sydney and um, highly regarded. Uh, I'm not going to talk about the service today. Uh, I'm going to leave that to another podcast, maybe the next podcast. I'm also going to do a video about the service I just had done and the issues that arose in that service, uh, which I'll do a video first on my YouTube channel so you'll be able to see it there. Uh, like I said, my YouTube channel is uh, Michael Bath. Uh, if you search that on YouTube, you'll see my channel come up where I talk about 997s. Uh, I've also just done a video uh, about the short shifter install that I had done on my car. So I had the short shifter kit which is the 997, 997 OEM short shifter kit, which I purchased in the UK when I was there. It was around 270 pounds, I think. I bought it one year ago and I didn't have it installed. Uh, the reason why I didn't have it installed was basically I wasn't, at the time I wasn't feeling very confident of having someone rip out my whole center console and put in a short shifter kit. Um, so I waited and I did it this Christmas. I actually just did it when I had the service and so my car was in, uh, in order house for two days. Um, the short shifter took around, it took around three hours, I think, to do based on what they've charged me. Uh, they didn't itemize the labor, so I'm not hundred percent sure it only took three hours, but based on the service costs, they told me when I booked the car in, I'm guessing it's somewhere around three, three and a half hours. I think when people do their own online and Renlist, I've read uh, forums about it, chats about it, and I think people said that it took about two hours. Some people said they did it in two hours. I guess with a dealer, they're taking a little bit more care. Maybe they're not doing it the whole time and they're getting distracted, but uh, I think it took around three hours. Um, the Short Shifter, I guess, is another podcast. Uh, you can watch my video on it. I'm not completely convinced it was worthwhile. Uh, in saying that, I've had, I've had a second opinion this morning. Uh, I went to a Cars and Coffee here in Sydney uh, that was on at La Perouse here in Sydney uh, with my friend who has a GT3. Uh, if you look at my channel, there's another video on my channel where I drive his GT3. His GT3 has a numeric uh, shifter. The numeric shifter is very short. It's very short. It's very mechanical. It's very notchy. I think in my head I thought the uh, 997 short shifter kit was going to be similar to his numeric. Uh, it's far from being similar to his numeric. But I think I have to think back now, because um, he drove my car this morning and he thinks that there is a big difference. He's driven my car a few times before and he's driven other, obviously, other 911s. Um, I do notice a difference with the short shifter between first and second gear. I guess. I used the word new when I did the video yesterday, but I think the word I'm trying to, it, it's a lot more precise. I can feel the difference between first and second gear. First and second gear seems, does seem shorter. It seems not as sloppy. The gear itself doesn't feel as sloppy. I guess there's not as much movement between, between the gates, between the, between the gears. Um, the actual short shift of the gears, I think it's minimal. I think they say it's about 20%. Someone on my YouTube channel has left a comment today and gave me the measurement of what it should be uh, and asked me to check something with AutoHouse, how they installed it. So I will check that and I will measure it. But I guess it does feel more precise. It does feel more mechanical. It's just not as short uh, as the numeric. And when I say the numeric is short, I guess if I had to live with it every day, and I said this to my friend, I, I don't know whether I could live with a numeric every day because it is super, super short. In fact, when you look down at your gear stick, it's hard to tell what gear you're in. Normally, you know when you're in third because of the position where the, where the gear knob is. But with the, with the numeric, it is such a short throw. 
that it's really, really hard to work out what gear you're in. The first time I drove his car, well, the only time I've driven his car, is I was I was actually getting confused what, what gear I was in. Um, I think the 911, I did notice when I changed back from third to second gear, it does feel a lot smoother, a lot more sort of, it almost clicks. You can sort of almost hear the clicking mechanism. Um, changing back, I think, is better. And like I said, first to second is really good. I need to drive it a few more times. I've only driven it twice since I had it installed. Um, so that's that's something I'm going to come back to. Maybe I was a bit too hard on it in my video yesterday. Maybe it's not that bad. Um, but like I said, it's not a numeric shifter. Uh, someone told me that a long time ago that it would not be the same, and they were exact. They were they were completely correct. Um, so that's the update on the short shifter. There's no more mods uh, that I'm going to be doing while I'm in Sydney. I did want to buy uh, some interior updates. The two things that I was going to buy were the uh, stainless steel sills when you open the door. Mine at the moment are black with the silver inside that just say Carrera. The black plastic is a little bit, uh, it's not deteriorated, but it, it, it has a strange color to it on the driver's side. I was going to change that to stainless steel so that my car is Arctic silver, so it would be the stainless steel on the Arctic silver, which I think looks quite nice. It especially looks nice when you do the inner door sill in the leather. And that inner door sill in leather is available from exclusive options who do leather parts for 911s. Not just 997s, most generations are 911s. Uh, that's not a cheap part. I think it's about a thousand US for two. I think it's for two or it could be for one. Uh, so it's quite an expensive um, part. Also, you have to be a lot more careful when you get in and out of your car because it's a leather inner seal. So if you mark it with your shoe and your shoe's got gravel on it, obviously it's going to scratch the leather up. But I think the combination of the stainless steel seal together with the leather looks better. I didn't just buy the stainless steel seal because I didn't think that without, I thought without the leather, it's not going to look as good. And I want to, if I'm going to do it, I would buy both. Uh, so I didn't, I held off on that because I didn't want to spend any more money. Um, apart from that, no more mods on the car. I was considering putting uh, paint protection film on the bonnet of my car while I was in Sydney. Uh, I don't know if I'll have time to do that. It is still something that I thought about. Um, paint protection film, I guess everyone has a bit of a love-hate relationship with it. I guess it's how it's installed. There was a couple of GT3 RSs at the Cars and Coffee this morning, and you could actually see the line of the paint protection film, how it had been cut. And I guess when you wax it, you know, the the wax will build up on those corners. So there's a lot of little things when you're cleaning it. Then again, it does protect your paint. I have paint protection film, uh, film on my rear bumper and my front bumper, which was uh, installed when I purchased the car, uh, previously installed by the previous owner. Um, so that's it today. This is the second podcast. It's been a little while between uh, the first one and the second one. Um, I was going to do a, uh, a series of podcasts leading up to how I got... Uh, how I, my story about the car and how I got here, but I thought I'd just start the podcast back to the to the present day, so to speak. Um, so the first one, if you haven't listened to it, is on the is is on the listing here. Um, this is my second one. If you like the podcast, please um, please follow me. And if you haven't seen my YouTube video, take a visit. Like I said, uh, YouTube channel is called Michael Bath. And if you like Porsches and you like uh, technology and you like watches every now and again, uh, there's a bit of everything. But Predominantly, I talk about Porsche. Um, I think I'm going to end that podcast here today. Uh, thanks for listening. And uh, next time we talk, I think I will talk about, uh, I'll talk about the service more in depth. Um, there will be a video on my channel about it, um, but I think that's what we'll talk about next time. Thanks for listening and bye for now.